Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Good morning, good morning. How many are ready to go this morning? Well, let me give some props before here before I get started here. Uh, just remember that uh, if you have young kids, remember tonight is our Fall Fest in the Generations Building at 6 o'clock. they got some cool things lined up, so make sure you come out on Sunday night. And then if you are in our student ministry, make sure you come out tomorrow night. I'm going to be your speaker tomorrow night, and we're going to talk about the spirit of the Antichrist. So you don't want to miss that. The rest of you are too old to be there. So (laughs) also, as you saw, we have a new ministry starting this Thursday. Um, If you want more information about that, stop by the the info booth, the connection table, the Spurlocks will be there to give you directions and answer questions for that. And, and I want to give one more plug, and that is this Friday night, you know, our, our couples ministry is called Bliss here at LifePoint. And a couple of times a year, we do a conference or we do an event. And so it's the ultimate date night on Friday night. So make sure you get signed up and come out. It's, it's 30 bucks. That's for food and all the fun you can handle. Trust me, it's going to be a good time, so uh, bring your spouse out. That's Friday night. We're just going to have a good time. We've got some fun things lined up, and, uh, and I asked my wife, said, hey, what are you doing on Friday night? You want to go out? So she's all excited. <laughs> anyway, today's the last day to get signed up for that. Let's, let's make a declaration together. Let's say this. I declare, I, declare. I, have, a I have a spirit of faith. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. So I declare. I have a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Never a spirit of fear. Can you handle one more? This is a good one. How about this? I believe and I declare. I am deeply loved. I am greatly blessed. I am highly favored. I'm growing in favor with God and with man. People are looking to bless me. They don't even know why. Favor brings increase, restoration, recognition, victory, and preference. So I declare I'm surrounded by favor like a shield. And every time... I recognize his favor. I will thank him for it. All right. Uh, It's been a few years ago now, but I was just a few months from graduating from, from Bible school and all of the uh, students were um, stressing because they had sent out resumes. They were trying to figure out where God was taking them for their first ministry job and their first ministry spot. And, and I wasn't stressing too much, and here's why, because uh, uh, my youth pastor at the time, at, the, uh, at this, not our church, but the church that was in this building previously, had set it up for me to come back and, and basically just take over for him. So I didn't send out any resumes um, I wasn't stressed. I was just going to come back and, and, and take over for him. In about three or four weeks before graduation, uh, the leadership 
well, the church decided that the person who took over that ministry should be married. I wasn't married, so I had three weeks to get married. <laughs> um, that didn't happen. Um, so uh, they decided to hire somebody married, that was married, and uh, so a lot, a lot of people were sort of upset and stuff, so I think they just threw me a bone and gave me a, a ministry job, and they put me in a back office and only gave me a couple random things to do. And I, I know if you've been here for a while, you've heard this story. But so uh, I, I just had to make a decision. Am I going to just sit here and bide time or, or how am I going to handle this? So um, I got involved. We, we started some outreach. We started a young adult ministry. Uh, at the same time, I started helping in the youth ministry and just... Uh, I uh, just tried to busy myself because I didn't have much to do. But the other thing that happened was one day I was in this little office, and on the shelf was this box. And I started digging through this box, and I, I found some things that later were so valuable. Uh, one thing was, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but some of you, y'all remember cassettes? You know how that works? You put the little pencil in and wind it. Anyways, if you're younger, don't worry about it. Um, your past CDs, 8-tracks, tapes, it's all digital now. But anyways, um, this box was full of Dr. Maxwell leadership teachings. And I just started listening and listening and listening. The other thing I found is some books on faith by Brother Hagin. I just started reading and reading and reading. And the other thing I found was Jerry Savelle had written some books on the favor of God. And I just started overdosing on those things until... I got it settled down deep in my spirit that, um, that faith, the favor of God, leadership, those things were, were a, a big deal. I got those things settled down in my spirit and eventually, about a year later, switched and took over the young people. And guess what I started teaching them? Leadership, faith, the favor of God, um, convinced that it's one of the reasons why they dismissed me uh, from this church that you know, wasn't their doctrine. And so, um, so we moved to Ohio and for eight years, I sat under our pastor who, guess what he taught? Leadership, faith, favor of God. And after eight years, God says, I'd like you to go back to West Virginia and teach faith, leadership, the favor of God. Um, the reason why I tell that story is because we've endeavored to do that on and on and on. Um, I know that we've been ridiculed for it, um, preached against for it, um, but I won't stop preaching about the blessing of God and, and the things of faith. Um, I, I, I personally feel like it, it's, it's a mandate. And last weekend, I shared with you how when we first came here, God God took me to the book of Genesis and gave me a passage of scripture. He said, it's for you, and he's told me to preach on it every year. And so we, we've done that every year. And so let's read that scripture. And this is week two of a series um, that we jumped into last week. Genesis chapter 12, this is what God told me to teach on every year. Chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Now in Haran, everyone say Haran. Haran represents, it really means a place that's parched or a parched place. So in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, go for yourself 
for your own advantage, get away from your country, get away from your relatives, get away from your father's house, and go to a land that I'm going to show you. So Abram at the time was a nomadic pagan. He had no heir to his, uh, he had no son, no heir. He uh, had no God. And God just showed up and God said, if you'll be willing to leave the parched place, your stress place, I'm going to lead you into the best place or the blessed place. I'm going to lead you into a new blessed place if you follow me. And so we know the story that Abraham did. And God goes on and tells him in verse 2, he says, if you do that, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to bless you with an abundant increase of favor. I'm going to make your name famous. It will be distinguished, and you'll be a blessing, or you'll dispense good to others. And so I believe the reason why God wanted me to keep teaching that every year is God wants to do the same thing in your life. He wants to take you from the parched place, your stressed place, to the blessed place. Um, That means he wants to take you from the place of poverty. He wants to take you from the place that is a place of limitation. He wants to take you from that place, and he wants to take you into your better place. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about a perfect place. There's no perfect place on earth. The perfect place is heaven, but he wants you to live in a blessed way in a blessed place. Um, you, you, I mean, all hell can break loose around you, but you still be in the blessed place. Chaos can go berserk around you, but you can be in the blessed place. Are you hearing me? And, and so this is what God says to Abram. And, and so God says, if you, if you do so, if you'll be obedient, I will bless you. I'm going to say Blessed. So here's our, our title that we started last week, our series. It's called Be Blessed. I want you to look at someone and say, you're blessed, homie. <laughs> but when we use the word blessed or the word blessing, it's really this Hebrew word barak or barak. And let me give you a, a definition. It's just a declaration that empowers you to prosper and be successful. So when God says, I will bless you, it, it's not just a phrase. It's not, hey, you sneeze and I say, God bless you. But when God, when God declares the barak on your life, it means that it comes with an empowerment for you to prosper and for you to be successful. And whether you know it or not, God wants you to prosper and God wants you to be successful. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. And so what I want you to hear is no matter where you're from, what your lineage is, doesn't matter if you're from little old West Virginia, no matter what they say, if it's oppressed or whatever, you can go from the oppressed place to the blessed place. Now remember, three o'clock in the morning, God told me to preach this every year to you. So if God wants something preached over and over and over, he wants you to get some faith on it because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing, and he didn't tell me to preach it once. He said, preach it every year. So he wants you to hear that you're blessed. Everybody say, I'm I'm too blessed blessed to be stressed. So blessed is more than just, just a phrase. So I threw this out to you last week, and don't raise your hand, but you can evaluate your life. Um, Is there stress or peace in your life the most? Is there more of the flesh or more of the spirit? Are you more critical or are you more encouraged? Do you have more praises or more complaints? More heartache or more hallelujahs? More confidence or more fear? More doubt or more belief? More righteousness or more sin? More prosperity or more poverty? More health or more sickness? More failure or more success? More joy or more grief? More freedom 
or more bondage, more blessing or more cursed. And you, you could have some blessing in one area of your life and be void of it in another area, but God wants your whole life to be blessed. He wants it to permeate every area of your life. And once again, I'm not saying you're never going to have a problem, you're never going to have a challenge. Life, the earth is full of challenges, but you're blessed. You're blessed. Say it again. I'm blessed. So last weekend, we looked at the first part of what the blessing does, and according to Scripture, the blessing prospers you. The blessing of God, the Barak of God, it prospers you and I who are believers. And so the blessing prospers you. That literally means that God increases you. It literally means that God expands you. It literally means that God will promote you. Now, let me say this to you. Prospering you doesn't just mean financially, but it absolutely includes that. It's not only an emotional blessing. It's not only a physical blessing. It's, not, it's also a financing, financial or material blessing. So God wants to prosper you spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, the whole blessing. Did y'all get that? Now, God told me to tell you this every year because you need to be reminded that God wants you to be blessed. So we looked at last week, the first thing the blessing of God does is it prospers you. Somebody say, that's good right there. So let's build on this. Here's the second thing that the blessing of God does. It prospers you. How many know that's good? But here's the second thing in our title for this morning is the blessing prefers you. Thank you for your enthusiasm over there in the cheap seats. The blessing not only prospers you, but the blessing prefers you. We just read, he said, I will bless you with an increase of favors. Now, for those of you who are having like religious cramps in your brain right now, I didn't write this. God wrote this. So God not only, you, you got to squash your religion. Because God wants you to prosper. And God wants you to be preferred. Everyone say preferred. It says, I will bless you with an increase of what? Favors. You ever do a favor for someone? You ever needed a favor? Well, the Bible says one thing the blessing does is it brings favors onto your life. A sign that you're walking in the blessing is prosperity in your life. And the other sign is there's preference in your life. You say, you're just trying to pump us up. I'm actually trying to pump you up. I'm trying to pump you up with the truth. But y'all need to respond a little better. I don't think you're getting it. You got to have your hankies out doing something this morning. So what, what's the fa- what do you mean when you say the favor of God? Here's what the favor of God is. The favor of God is a manifestation of the goodness of God that will do for you what you can't do for yourself, and it's undeserved. Once again, what is the favor of God? It's the goodness of God. How many believe God's good? Well, it's him manifesting goodness in your life and things happening for you that you could not make happen yourself and you don't deserve it. That's what the favor of God, you can actually change the word favor with the word grace. Anytime you read the Bible and you see the word grace, it's the word favor. Anytime you see the word favor, it's the same as the word grace. God's a good God. What do good people do? They manifest good things. So when God says that he will prefer you, he preferred 
Abram, who left his stress place and followed God, and he became very wealthy. He had a legacy, and he's the father of our faith. What would God want to do in your life? The same kind of stuff, but he has to prefer you to do it. So I need to prove this to you with some scriptures. But when I read this scripture, you need to say, I'll take it, amen, whoo-hoo, or something, okay? How, how many believe the word is real? The word works. Now, let me say to you that the word doesn't work because it was written. The word works because you breathe it. You get excited about it. You repeat it. You get in alignment with it. Here we go. This is, this is John chapter 1. Look at these two verses. For out of the fullness or the abundance of God, we have received, or we have all had a share, and we're all supplied with, look what it says, one grace after another, and spiritual blessing stacked on spiritual blessing, and even favor stacked on favor, and even gift heaped on, upon gift. I mean, that's a good scripture. Out of the abundance of God, out of the goodness of God, out of the overflow of God, what does God want to do? Richly supply you or stack favor on favor, blessing on blessing, goodness on good. He wants it to stack, accumulate, multiply, increase in, in your life. Well, how many know the word of God is the will of God? We just read out of his abundance, what does he want to do? Stack blessing on your life. All right, let me give you another one. Let's go old school. Let's go Old Testament. Let's go Psalms. Chapter 5, verse 12. This is a famous one. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. How does he bless them? Well, he surrounds them with his favor like a shield. Did y'all get that? How's he, how's he bless you? Surely the Lord blesses the righteous. Anyone blessed? How do you know it? Well, favor surrounds you. It's like a shield. What's that mean? That means the favor goes before you. The favor accompanies you. The favor of God follows you. God wants to surround you with it. This is the will of God. It's the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. May grace or God's favor in his peace, then it defines peace. It's a perfect well-being. It's all necessary good. It's all spiritual prosperity. It's freedom from fears, freedom from agitating passions, freedom from moral conflicts. Let the favor of God be what? Multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God. If you have correct knowledge of God, what does it do? It, it abundantly supplies you with what? His goodness or his favor or his grace. Well, the word of God is the will of God. It's the ways of God. Amen? Yeah. So what's the will of God? That you are so blessed that it's evident that you are saturated with the favor of God. It surrounds you and it's stacking in your life. I want to put a slide up on the screen. If I was doing a whole series on the favor, if I had a, like two hours and I could go into like a whole story this morning... I, I would go into this. You can take a picture of that, write it down if you want to. There are five biblical blessings of the favor of God. I'm going to have them just leave that up there for a moment. One biblical blessing of the favor of God is in your life, God expands you or he increases you. Another blessing of the favor of God is restoration. Sometimes things just look 
They look bleak relationally. They look bleak financially. They look bleak in your health. But what does the favor of God do? It brings restoration in relationships, restoration of health, restoration of finances, restoration of situations. God's a restoring God. Recognition, what does that mean? He will recognize you. He will put favor on you. Now, here's where people freak out when I preach on the favor of God. Because they say, how can you say that God favors or prefers someone when the Bible says that God's not a God who does what? Prefers. Or God, or we're all equal in God's eyes. God doesn't prefer you and keep someone else down. God can prefer you at the same time prefer you at the same time prefer you. What does God prefer? God prefers faith. God is moved by what? Faith. Where does God, what does God favor? God favors where he finds faith. So he will recognize your faith and bless that faith. Now, here's a good one. God, another blessing of the favor of God is unprecedented victories. It actually means fights you don't have to fight, but unprecedented victories. Have you ever got a victory in your life? Say, God just favored that situation. And then preferential treatment, that God will preferentially treat you well. And once again, it doesn't mean to the demise of someone else. He can prefer them just like he prefers you, but he prefers faith. Do you know how many times over the years someone who has gotten some revelation on favor have come to me and said some things like this, you know, they promoted me at work. I don't even have the degree or the background for this, but they put me in a position. What's that? Well, you're, you're lucky. That's what that is. No. You don't live by luck and you don't live by faith. You're a believer. You live by the favor of God. You don't know how many times over the years someone has come to me and says, you won't believe God just favored me. They walked in and said, we're not given raises this year, but for some reason we're giving you a raise and promotion. We don't even know why. <laughs> they don't have to know why, right? That, that's the biblical blessing of the favor of God. Once again, that's not it, the demise of someone else. That's not the putting down of someone else. God can put them up just like he puts you up. But what God does favor is he favors faith. He favors faith. Let's go to Galatians. This is chapter 3. Y'all doing all right? Galatians chapter 3. This is verse 13, and it reads this way. Christ purchased our freedom. He redeemed us from the what? The curse or the doom of the law. He bought you back from the curse. What's the opposite of the blessing? It's the curse. The curse is things working against you. The blessing is things working for you. And you were under the curse. The whole world, there's a curse on the world. Did y'all know that? Have you noticed that? Y'all noticed that on TV? You ever logged on the computer and thought, things are crazy. It's not crazy, it's cursed. And the Bible said, the God of this world is the devil. So the whole world was under a curse. But Jesus came and purchased you from the curse. You're not cursed. So Christ purchased you from the curse and its condemnation by becoming the curse for you. You say, how does that work? Well, look what it says. Scripture says, cursed is everyone who is crucified on a tree. So Jesus actually became the curse to the end that through receiving Christ, 
the blessing that was promised to Abraham might come on the Gentiles so that we, through faith, everyone say faith, would receive the promises of the Holy Spirit. Y'all getting this? Jump down to verse 29, it says this, and if you belong to Christ, any Christ belongers, Christ followers in here, okay, then, then it says, then, then, then if you belong to Christ, you are in him who is Abraham's seed, then you're the offspring or the spiritual heirs according to that promise. Let me, let me explain that to you. Here's literally what that means. It means this, Jesus became the curse so you could be redeemed from the curse so now you could be blessed. And spiritually, you might be a Gentile and not a Hebrew, but spiritually, as a Gentile, you're blessed when you receive it via faith. What this means is the seed of Abraham is Jesus. If you're in Jesus you're blessed with the promise. Here's what it means. God will treat you like he treats Jesus. He will treat you like he treats Jesus. So Jesus made sure that you're the recipient of the blessing of God. So when we read in Genesis and it says that Abram got up and went out from the stressed place toward the blessed place, what happened was God, the blessing spoke over Abraham, blessed him with prosperity. Read how wealthy he was. The second thing it did is it blessed him with preference. For God to pour out his blessings on you, he has to prefer you. Because you are not all that without him. You are not deservant without him. You are unable to receive it without him. But when you received Christ, you became the object of the blessing of God. And it's okay if you prosper. And it's okay if you're preferred. Now, there's, there's another part of this we'll get into next week. But last weekend, I said, how do you make sure, although God wants you blessed and wants you to prosper, that you walk in that blessing? So I gave you what I call just a formula, and I, I want to visit it again today because it works in every one of these areas. How do you walk in the blessing of God, prospering or preferring? How many want to walk in that blessing? Just, do you know how many believers don't know they're blessed? Oh, they got saved, and they're going to go to heaven, but they're stressed all the way there. They're broke all the way there. They're depressed all the way to heaven. God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to be saved and blessed. So how, what's the formula for that? Ready for this? Our series is called Be Blessed. Point one is the same as it was last week. So to be blessed, you got to be right. Someone say, I'll be right. I'll be right. <laughs> you got to be right. You say, well, what does that mean? It means two things. One, you got to be saved you got to be born again. You, you, you've got to become a Christ follower. I, I'm not saying believe in God. I'm saying making Jesus the Lord of your life. See, the Bible says this. All of us have sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. All of us were, were born, what, sinful. 
That's why we sin, because we're sinful, and we're in need of a Savior. So when you recognize that, first of all, you need saved, you need rescued, and there is one named Jesus who came and died and gave his life for you, and when you say, Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life, at that moment, you be right. And the Bible says what he does is he he breaks the power of sin over your life. He forgives you past, present, and future sins. He redeems you. He restores you into relationship. Here's what the curse was. The curse was poverty, sickness, and separation from God. And the Bible said God, Jesus broke that over your life so that you could be what? Blessed, healed, back in relationship with Jesus. So when you make him the Lord of your life, a lot of people believe in God, but they haven't said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. That not only means you get to go to heaven, because that's the only way into heaven. Well, I'm a good person. That's not your ticket. Your ticket is Jesus. And see, you used to be a mess. You, you were a mess. That's why you were stressed. That you went from a mess to being blessed. So you're saved. You're redeemed. He declared you're right, that you are righteous. Y'all got to get this. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which meant this. It's just like you never sinned before. You're righteous. He gave you the gift of his righteousness. You're actually not going to get more righteous than you are right now because it's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are righteous, but you don't know all the stuff I, I, I did. It's under the blood. You're righteous now. I know I've said this, but I used to, I, I was told this somewhere when I was younger. They said, one day you're going to get to heaven. There's going to be a jumbotron bigger than this, and all your stuff's going to play out. I was like, stink. I mean, no, that's not, nobody needs to see that, right? I want you to know that whoever said that to me does not have revelation of the grace and goodness of God. The Bible said he's not going to replay that because he put all that on the shoulders of Jesus on the cross. He's not mad at you. He poured out his wrath on Jesus on the cross. So what does it mean to be right? It means to be born again, right relationship, to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But then it means something else. Not only being right, but it also means being obedient. I didn't say being perfect, but being obedient. So we come to Christ, we, we, we're saved, and then, then what we need to do is submit our lives to Christ our hearts, our minds to Christ, and let him continue to mold us and change us. The big theological word is sanctify us. There's salvation and there's sanctification. None of us are all that without Jesus, but he wants to continue to change us. But as we become obedient, it makes room for the blessing of God. So salvation makes you the target. And as you're just obedient to him, and listen, there are times that we're disobedient. We have to repent, get some things straightened out. But to walk in obedience, let, let me just say it this way. One thing God will not do is bless rebellion. You can want him to, but he can't bless rebellion. But he blesses obedience. Not perfection, but obedience. And obedience could be you're messing up, you do a switch, you make it right, it commands the blessing of God. But God won't bless rebellion. Think about this with your kids. They're being rebellious and disobedient. You're like, you know what? You've been so rebellious lately. Let's get some ice cream. If we were blessed with ice cream every time we were rebellious, we'd all be way overweight. So it's not rebellion that God blesses. 
But I'm not, once again, I'm not talking perfection, but it's, the Bible says in Isaiah, if you're willing and you're obedient, you're going to taste the best of the land. So you know what this thing becomes? It's just being obedient, following Christ, being obedient to his word. Can I read you a, a scripture to back that up? This is Deuteronomy. Now, it will come to pass if you diligently, what? Obey the voice of the Lord your God, and you observe carefully his commands that I command you today, that the Lord God will set you high above the nations, and all the blessings will come on you. They will overtake you. Why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. The greatest demand on me and you is, guess what? Obedience. But obedience, the Bible says, demands and commands that the blessing will come and overtake our lives. So the goal should be what? I want to obey God. I want to obey God. You're not going to get it perfect. You're not going to get it perfect every time. And when you, when you, when you mess it up, what do you do? You repent. You get back into alignment. But God blesses your obedience. So if you're talking about the favor of God or the preference of God, it means being in relationship with God and walking in obedience. How I many know that, that, that's a good reason to walk in obedience? Because it demands the favor and blessing of God. Isn't this good? So one, we got to be right. Two, we got to believe. Everyone say believe. So the, the key to walking in the blessing of God is not origin, but faith. Here's what I mean by that. When this scripture was spoken to Abraham and the Israelites, what happened with you and I if we're not Israelites? We're Gentiles. Well, for us, it's not a blessing because of origin. It's a blessing because of what? Faith. The blessing of God, the preference of God, the favor of God is received by what? Faith. Just like you put your faith in God to save you, you need to put your faith in God to favor you. It would be biblically accurate for you to believe that God would favor your marriage, that God would favor your business, that God would favor your finances, that God would favor your healing, that God would favor these areas of your life because that's what God responds to. Listen to this little statement. I thought this was amazing. So at least say that's good. Go, woo, something. Okay, here we go. Listen to this. Many people believe in God, but they don't believe God. Many people believe in God, but they don't believe God. Because the favor of God, preference in your life, is not attached to, to luck. As I mentioned, it's not attached to fate. It's attached to your faith. Here's the thing about faith. Faith comes by what? And hearing. Why do you think God wanted me to preach this every year? So you could get faith on it. You can't put faith in something that you don't have revelation on. But when you get revelation on it, you can put faith toward it. That's why I preach on certain things so much. They say, you can put what? Faith to it. When you get revelation on it and you see it's the will of God, every promise in the Bible is yes and it's amen. In other words, whatever God said yes to in the Bible, you put your amen to. The word amen means so be it. If God says, I prefer you, I want to favor your life, then you say amen to that. So be it for me. I can't tell you how many times in my life, Pastor Diane and I's life and our family and our church life, that we've just believed for the favor of God. And God did things that you can't explain. He favors. Anyone have a favor story? God, God, God favor. 
Anyone have a, a financial favor story? Anyone have a favor healing story? Anyone have a, a relationship favor story? Didn't think God could ever restore my kids. Well, he did. Didn't think God could ever restore our marriage. He did. Didn't think God could ever restore my health. He did. Didn't think God could ever restore my finances. He did. Proverbs says this. Y'all all right? My son, don't forget my teaching. Keep my commands in your heart. They will prolong your life many years, and they will bring you peace. They will bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness, everyone say faithfulness, never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Do you know the Bible said that Jesus increased with favor with his father and with people? It's the same thing with you. God wants to what? Increase favor with people and increase favor with his father. And the Bible says it happens by faithfulness. Faithfulness and faith are the same root words. Being full of faith, being faithful, it's the same thing. Being faithful to the word of God, guess what it does? It favors you. Being full of faith, what does it do? It brings the favor of God. It's the blessing God pronounces on you. How's it received? Why I'm in right relationship, I'm walking in obedience, and by faith I receive it. So how many, how many getting it? Faith is a prom, or a favor is a promise from God. If it's a promise from God, you need to what? Keep claiming it. Keep claiming it. God, I need your favor at work. God, I need your favor in my finances. God, I need your favor in this relationship. God, I need your favor in my health. God, I need your favor in this situation. Well, you're the blessed. Are you not the blessed? That's part of your blessing. Last week I said this to you. I said, you need to become more, um, more blessing-minded or more prosper prosperity-minded. I want to challenge you just to become more favor-minded. Here's what favor-minded looks like. You just prophesy favor. God, I'm expecting your favor. I'm expecting your favor here. I'm believing for your favor here. And when it shows up, that's favor right there, and I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Let me tell this, and I'll get to the last point, and we're going we're gonna to go back to some worship. But um, I, I've told this story a million times, I know, but, but my wife's always, here's a good test. We always would, especially my wife, she would believe for, I'm believing for a parking spot at the front of the mall. I don't care about the parking lot. I just pull in wherever. I'm never in the lines. I just pull in, right? It doesn't matter to me, but she's always, God, we're good. And she'll be like, I want you to go around. I'm like, well, there's no spots. She says, oh, I got favor. I'm, get, I'm getting a parking spot. Here we go. I mean, there's no parking spots. Let's just park. No one's going. And a spot will open up. Now, that didn't happen the first time. And is that parking spot life and death? No. But what is it? It's training yourself to just anticipate, appreciate. Say, so what happens if a parking spot doesn't open? Well, you park, and next time, what do you do? I'm believing. It's training yourself. So we got to be right. We got to believe. And here's the last part. We're going to go into some worship is be a blessing. The blessing of God is worth shouting about. The blessing of God is worth being excited about. But I want you to hear this. The blessing of God, you're also responsible for. 
which means you need to manage the blessing of God. You need to steward the, man, the blessing of God. Last week, I talked about the blessing of prosperity. I talked about, well, managing that right is tithing, it's sowing of offerings, it's living generously. So how, how is the favor of God or the preference of God, how is, how is that managed? Because what you and I do with the blessing of God determines what the blessing does with you and I. You say, well, how, 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 does, how does that work? I will tell you that the biggest thing that allows the blessing of God to fill at home in your life, I love to talk about it. I could do a whole teaching, but I'm just going to say a couple of things, is we don't hear about it in our culture anymore. It's this word honor. It's this word honor. Honor just means you esteem something highly. You value something. It means something weighty. And the Bible says over and over, there's areas of our life that we need to honor. And every time the, it says that in the Bible, there's always a promise attached to it. Everyone say honor. The Bible says in 1 Samuel, it says, God says, if you honor me, I will honor you. If you despise me or treat me lightly, I will despise and treat you lightly. So I want to encourage you with this. What's the opposite of honor? It's to diss the honor. So when we sow honor, it attracts the favor of God like a magnet. It attracts the things of God like a magnet. If we treat the things of God lightly, it repels honor. If we're ungrateful and dishonorable, it repels. You can shout about it. You can take notes on it. You can take pictures of the screen. But when you and I choose to walk in honor, it attracts the favor of God to our life. But there's a principle with honor that's this. How does God honor you? He takes that which you honor and honors you with that. He takes what you honor and with that he honors you. If you honor the things in the word of God, it is with those things that he favors your life with. If I'm going to honor the tithe, he favors your life with blessing. If I'm going to honor this relationship, he's going to, if I'm going to honor the church, out of the church, he's going to honor you. So if you say, I'm not blessed in this area of my life, I would encourage you to check what you're honoring. Check what you're dishonoring. And here's the thing about honor. Honor is what you think, it's what you say, and it's what you do. Because you can, in your mind, give something honor but with your actions bring this. It's the combination of your thoughts with your words and with your actions. Mm. So if we want to walk in the favor of God, we want to walk in the preference of God. There might be some areas in my life and your life that we need to check our honor. How well are we honoring the church? How well are you honoring your employer? Well, this idiot that I work for, he needs to pay me more. He's not going to favor you and pay you more until you what? Get your honor in line. He might be an idiot. Him being an idiot or not is not a prerequisite. Your prerequisite is what? Obedience, faith, and honor. Y'all didn't say amen to that one. 
We want God to honor your opportunities, honor people with opportunity. Want to walk in more honor? Honor people. Honor the house. Honor. It attracts or it repels the favor of God. Did y'all get that? It attracts or it I'm going to tell you, you want to see God do some new stuff in your life? Start honoring that book. Start honoring this book. I'm telling you, this book is on, it's in scrutiny right now. It's attacked. It's disbelieved. It's made fun of. It's mocked. And it is compromised in a lot of churches. But if you put honor on this book from the beginning to the end and you honor this book, out of this book, God will honor your life. You honor how God wants things done in his house, with his people, with his leaders, with your opportunities. Watch God do something in your life. Spirit of honor and obedience, nothing can stop that force. Nothing. And you'll watch God begin to favor things in your life. How'd that happen? Well, I mean, God honored this in my life. Why? Because I honored what he said. God favored this situation. Why? Because I honored what he said to do. I, I did it his way. I did it his way. So there's blessing on my marriage. Not perfection, but blessing. Friendships, finances, health. It'll all be challenged. But the blessing will help you overcome every one of those obstacles. Man, did y'all get something? Did y'all get something good? Can, can we stand to our feet this morning? And what I would like you to do is, is we sing this song is, I would like you to do what we've been saying every week. Just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me from this message today? Maybe you've never heard anybody preach on the favor of God or the blessing of God, and you're just excited. Maybe you've heard me say a few things, and you say, you know what? There's some areas of my life that I need to say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. I need to get some areas of, of honor rearranged. I need to get some areas of attitude rearranged. I mean, this is the perfect moment to just say, God, I'm going to get these things in alignment because I want to walk in the blessing of God. Now, you don't want to walk in the blessing of God to be like, ooh, look at me. You want to walk in the blessing of God because that's the will of God for your life. That's the goal of God for your life. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm too blessed to live this stressed. Everybody say, God's a good God. God prospers me. God prefers me. God raises me up. Surrounds me with his favor, stacks blessing upon blessing, saturates me with his goodness, surrounds me with his goodness. Amen. We're going to do a couple worship songs. Y'all feel like worshiping this morning? Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.